Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. Produced in association with the Marketeers Network. Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. Thanks so much for downloading this week's issue. If you do enjoy the show, please feel free to give us a decent rating on iTunes. This week, I'm thrilled to be catching up with Dan Glover, co-founder and creative director of the Academy. It's an interesting theme that I, I was thinking about the other day, actually, that if you look at the most famous or possibly the most infamous consumer PR campaigns in the UK over the last 10 years or so, most of them, definitely not all, have come from a fairly small number of PR creatives, probably less than 10 people. And Dan, with his work with the National Trust, Kellogg's and Heathrow, is undoubtedly a member of this pretty unique club. Dan, welcome to the PR Moment podcast. Thanks for having me. Dan, going a bit deep, a bit early potentially, but um, do you think you were born creative or have you had to work at it? Uh, well, I don't really think I'm creative now, if I'm honest. I think I was born opinionated, definitely. Okay. Um, and, you know, my mum always said to me, if you don't know something, put your hand up and ask questions. And I think that's never changed, you know, from school through to university, through to the first job, through to where I am now. I think I ask a lot of questions. Uh, I kind of want to know exactly what the problem is that I'm solving. Um, and then I'll have an opinion on it. And I think great creatives, if, if you want to call them creatives, actually activate against those opinions. Um, so I, I don't think I've ever been one of those creative directors to sit in the corner and not speak to anyone, um, you know, and kind of demand a brief. I like to be very active um, in the in the process of finding out the problem, very client-facing, uh, so I can hear it from the horse's mouth, um, and then work very hard at what a creative solution could be, um, which is basically an idea that solves a problem. Um so you so empathy and and questioning is a, a a key part of the creative process in essence. Absolutely. I mean, I don't I don't think you know I I don't I mean I've had lots of ideas obviously throughout my career, um, but I really would call myself a problem solver. Okay. You know, and I, I think I've got one of those brains, or you know, just one of those types of people um, who just wants to absorb lots of information around me. Always been a prolific reader. Um, you know, I enjoy history, I enjoy the arts. Um, it's all those cultural things that kind of I get a real buzz from. You know, and my, I feel that if through my work, my job, I'm not an artist, I'm not a photographer, I'm not a filmmaker, um, you know, I'm not a writer. I wish I was one of those things. Um, but PR has probably given me the closest uh, profession to actually play in those worlds without actually being naturally talented at any of those things. Right. Um, so if I can sit and come up with an idea and direct these very talented people in lots of different industries of different cultures, you know, what a great job to have. Uh, they will do the heavy lifting in terms of the creativity. What I need to do is just have a, you know, strong opinion, um, activate against it and hope that my opinion was right in the first place. But it's just thinking about the, the, the practicalities of that. So you're, in that sense, you're asking questions of mm. of a client Oh, imaginary client. But it's one thing to ask the questions and, and obviously understand the responses. It's another thing to then come up with a, a, a an idea, in effect, that solves those 
questions. Um, and is that is that something you're saying that you do, or is that something you you empower the team to do? How does no, I'm I interested think, in how that I mean, works. I mean, hopefully the agency does it. Right. Uh, I think my job is really. Um, like I say, to ask the right questions, but have the confidence to be the one that says yes or no to whatever the solution should be. Right. Um, you know, and that's, I feel, what a great creative director is able to do is give the client confidence in whatever you're proposing, but also the team clear direction in terms of yes or no. Um, and So just a bit of context, a bit of context and a bit of experience, uh, and I suppose based on the, on the questions and knowledge that you've gained possibly within the brief or yeah, and I mean I think what I've always been good at is very very good at simplifying things and reducing things down to um you know a, a like three words basically okay and then you can kind of unpack campaigns or brand work or whatever from those words um you know I remember a time kind of revising for my you know maybe it's going to go a bit deep but i remember a time revising for my geography gcse's right. and, and you know you I was, uh, well I did all right <laughs> um but i mean because i was a slightly weird kid i think okay. um i'd studied it to such a level that i condensed the whole kind of syllabus down to one word and one i knew word. one word on a piece of paper and i knew that if i could remember that word it would unpack everything else Goodness me. Yeah, so it was slightly weird. And I don't know why I did that, actually. There was no need to do that. What but was anyway, the word? I can't remember now. Oh, it probably it was something like volcano or something. Right. Um, or Mount St. Helens, you know, and 61 people died. And blah, 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 blah. I still remember it now. But, anyway. but in your head, that word just led off to different strands and streams of, of a- information. Absolutely, and I could right. visualise it. You know, and I, and I think I'm lucky in terms of, you know, I've got that kind of brain where... Um, it is a bit of a slideshow where I can retain information and recall it if I remember the right trigger. Yeah. And I think a lot of my creative work uh, or a lot of the work has been generated from that. So, you know, I'll go into life, you know, whatever it will be, and I'll try and listen to as much as I can hear. Um, I'll try and read as much as I can, try to see as many exhibitions you know, which is more difficult now with two children, but, you know, go, try and go to as many cultural things as possible just to put as much information in my brain as I possibly can. And then when I hear a client problem, try to get really to what the nub of that problem is, condense it all down to one word as a solution, and then unpack a campaign from it. You know, and that's probably the best way that I can describe a creative process but that's a very personal thing for you. I guess, yeah, it's isn't difficult it? to yeah. teach it as yeah. well. Like, it's really difficult. But so for most of the creators, which we'll come and talk about mm. a few, you've you've sort of condensed it down to a word mm. at, at its core, and then obviously there's been a whole lot of activation and content from that. Mm. But but that's wow, that's quite a that's quite a yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm increasingly trying to do that at the minute with people as well. You know, like how because I'm a business owner, not just creative director. How yeah. can I uh, help the staff develop um, and actually I'm trying to you know put their development plans almost into one word of how we can do that and unpack from it um, you know it's 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 that would work for a development plan though wouldn't it because it keeps things simple I think, normally, I think if you have a five sheets of A4 it all gets lost but absolutely yeah. I think yeah. that I think the job is just you know it's, it's not a, it's not a difficult job if it's kept simple right but it's very when difficult when you say the job do you mean 
creative director? Do you mean public relations or, or, or do you mean any job? Uh, I think public, well, I've never really worked anywhere else. So yeah. I think public relations is not a difficult discipline if things are kept very simple, right. you know, and, and the, you know, we'll still talk about um, there's got to be a story in 22 words. You know, if you can't explain an idea in 22 words, then there's no point because we know the sun thinks in 22 words. Um, you know, and, and I know that's kind of like traditional media, but at the end of the day... There's a reason for that. There's yeah. a reason. You yeah. get, you know, however many seconds on the phone talking to somebody about something you've come up with in a crucial period of time, if you can't get the idea across in a very simplistic way that somebody understands right from the bat, all that work's undone. Yeah. So I say to our staff, um, you know, our people... Everything, just keep everything as simple as you can. Emails, conversations, meetings, ideas, um, you know, activation work, video content, photography. Just try and take all the uh, complexity out of it because our target audience don't have the time in their lives to be able to understand a very complicated message. You know, it doesn't mean they have to be dumbed down, um, you know, because, you know, the, 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 the consumer is not a moron. Um, but it does need to be, you know, a very simple one one message, really. Sure. You w- we were talking um, before about how um, your creative approach actually has, has changed from when you, you started out at Cal mm-hmm. um, through to your time at Mischief uh, and now to the Academy, which is, is not to, to say there's anything wrong with your previous approach. It's just that your, 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 your approach to creativity um, has changed personally. Yeah. Um, j- just talk me through that. That, that quite subtle change, but but even so, yeah, I think uh, you know, I think the creative approach has definitely evolved. Um, I'd say probably become more serious. And is that is that a personal thing to Dan Glover? Or I is think that, so. Okay, you know, and 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 you know, some of the some of the employees or the academics at the academy probably would like fun Dan a bit more. But anyway, I think it has become a bit serious. But I'm aware of that because I think... Are you saying that's Cal, a good thing? Or, uh... Well, I, I think it's a great thing. So I think the time for consumer PR is now. I think there is a set of but That doesn't agencies. necessarily make it serious, does it? Or, or, it doesn't or... make it serious, but it, mean, it means the discipline, I think, is a serious one. Okay. Like, as in... What... Because you're dealing with bigger budgets and, and more, more... Just the power that, that we yeah. have, okay. you know, or right. could have. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the ambition... That I don't think any kind of pure play consumer PR agency is necessarily fulfilled yet. Okay, um, so it's not that the ideas are more serious, or that the, the the process to getting them is more serious. It's that actually you've got you can have a bigger impact, and therefore it's more serious because of that. Abs- absolutely. Okay. I mean, right. you know, we still work for Domino's. You know, we 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 are still doing um, very you know fun, humorous executions on on work, but I think. The way that we're approaching it is that kind of work can actually have, you know, a genuine business impact and, and, and actually cultural change, you know, and the power of communication coming from PR people like myself, you know, there's never been, I don't feel there's never been a greater time um, for us to put our case forward for being a lead discipline, certainly a lead creative discipline, um, because CEOs know that their business is their brand. You know, and the brand is the business. Like there is no, there is there is no kind of silo with that. There's no way that you can escape that. So people like us who are, I would say, experts in forming brand narratives, 
um, and then executing against them, you know, we we've we've done that. We've done that for many, many, yeah. many years and yeah. had many phone calls with journalists who have told us the story's not good enough and gone through that training. Um I think, you know, there needs to be there is definitely a, a set of agencies that I think are capable of sitting at the top table, talking to CEOs, you know, coming up with work that changes business uh, for the better, um, but not enough of it. So uh, part of your point there was that there's that potential, mm. and I, to- I, I would completely accept and agree with that, but the your other bit of the point was that no one's quite nailed it yet no. or doing it. And what, what, what's the barrier there? Is it? I just think it's ambition. I, I, I really do. From I the think, client, from the agency? Uh, from the agencies. I mean, we, we were all able to change our own destinies. I just... I just think that um, I don't know whether there's enough people that are really into what they do. And that's why I talk about, you know, maybe I've gone a bit too serious. Like, if I think about Cal, brilliant agency. So, I owe so much to that agency. Um, Cal, Cal in UK. Um, fantastic set of people. You know, met some great people there, including my wife. Um, but I chased headlines at that place. That's what I did. I just wanted to get coverage. But, which was... I mean, not Cal may or may not be doing the same thing now, mm. but the but that was right at the time. Is it? You're not particularly criticising it. Yeah. Okay. Then I went to um, Cal South Africa and helped a good friend of mine, Donald, set up an agency out there. And because of the change in the landscape, we had to do work that generated a direct result. So it was not necessarily about generating headlines. It was about generating direct um, results. So we did a lot of experiential work. We did a lot of mobile first work. We worked for some really big clients because London agency going to South Africa in Cape Town, you know, Cape Town um, not as advanced as London in terms of comms. Um, So we got big brands and we did big work on. um, But the work had to work. And that as was, in sell stuff or or, or whatever. Yeah, other sell stuff, change was. opinion, yeah. whatever. But you know, and uh, it was kind of working with Donald that I discovered that rather than just kind of putting together 10 ideas, you know, what one do you like? If everything came from an organised idea, it could be much bigger and much more impactful. So, As in you could have various different themes and streams coming from that centralised concept. Absolutely. And at, and at the time, I don't think um, many PR agencies really worked like that. They kind of took a brief that, you know, raise awareness or whatever, you know, and every brief is raise awareness. And when, okay, here's 10 ways you could do that and get some coverage. And we actually said, no, you know, forget raise awareness. What do you actually want to do and what do you actually want to be famous for? We'll put an idea on that, so a set of three words normally, and then we'll activate against that time and time again until that kind of idea is ingrained in the public consciousness. That approach I brought back and joined Mischief. I wasn't a founder of Mischief. I joined about... um, Four months, four or five months in, I think, um, and obviously met Mitch, uh, Mitch K, who's been my business partner ever since. Um, and really, kind of mischief. I mean, it was called Mischief. It was a great name, great brand name. Um, which and and really, it was about doing work that got brands famous quickly. It was a lot. That, that was going to be my, my question to you because mm. you you said repeating the 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 the, 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 the activation mm. until it. It worked, whatever, it, or people change their perception of the brands. How, how? I mean, that's how long is a piece of string, obviously. But mm. how, I mean, that that sounds like that might take years. But what you're saying with mischief is that you 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 worked out a way to do it quite quickly. Well, I mean, I'd love to think 
well, we 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 did some high profile work, no doubt about it, and we won you know loads of awards, and that was all great and stuff at that time. And we were you know youngest agency and all this kind of stuff, and we like everything that we did seemed to work. And right. I think it was um, the change at Mischief was. We weren't just, you know, uh, uh, well, with a change in my career, was I wasn't, I was no longer just chasing headlines. I wanted to do, kind of like, um, what did I call it the day uh, at the time, uh, like um, editorial advertising, was what I, you know, the two words that was fixed in my mind at mischief. It was like, what can a brand do that you can't take the brand out of the story that the public will like and react to. So everything was like an advertising campaign, but not in advertising space. Right. Very branded work. Um, a lot of it was kind of like tactical, launch this, raise awareness this, whatever. Um, quite stunty, I suppose, because... Uh, quite humorous? Is that, quite is that humorous, a... for sure. Mischievous, you know, mis- okay. you know, called Mischief. I mean, it was, quite a, it was a yeah. great brand name in that effect. At the end of Mischief, when we when we we actually sold the business to Engine Communications Group or Engine Group, um, we really thought that the work was grounded in big ideas, like organising ideas, and we could make the work bigger through executing across multiple disciplines. Yeah, and joining the Engine Group, giving us access to an so advertising agency. A strategic- choice if you're liking well i mean you could retrofit it to be a strategic choice um i think by that point as well you know um an offer was put yeah in, you know it's, so, always, so. but it's the, driven by finance as well but yeah 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 but i mean that, you, you know the intention was that we would have a bigger stage to play on yeah for whatever reason and i think mainly like you know a, a great um you know, kind of point of disappointment is that we never really structured mischief in a way to take advantage of that group. Okay. Um, you know, I had a meeting this morning, or one of my team went up to a meeting this morning, came back and said, you know, they've got five people working on this one account and that's all they work on, an advertising agency. Right. And it's like, okay, well, you know, we, we are trying to have a three-account rule where people only work on three pieces of business so they can get under the skin of what that business is. But then in advertising agencies, you'll have five people who just work on one account. And it, but, I mean, just putting it the other, is that a good thing? Or just by working on one account, do you lose that uh, that, that reference point in, in, to other areas of well, work? I think or from other a PR industries? point of view, it's great to have different things that you're thinking about because yeah. as much information as you can get into your brain from wherever will only make the work better. There's a, you can push it too hard, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah. but in the case of Mischief, we just didn't structure the agency to have enough time to sit in meetings with other agencies okay. um, and, you know, give clients a level of um, client servicing that would make the work bigger and better. So actually right. we went into Engine and continued to do the same kind of work, albeit the ambition was much bigger. And we felt, you know, that PR um, should be a lead creative discipline. Uh, and I tried very hard. I mean, I became an ECD of the group, but, you know, didn't, again, the agency wasn't structured to really play that role so well. And the advertising colleagues didn't necessarily agree that PR uh, should take the... Well, I mean... <laughs> and that, that's not a mischief engine group, point, yeah. is it? That's a, that's a wider a wider thing, but... Um, um, yeah, I, th- I think there's... Is there that still? I think, yeah, I mean, there's definitely... There's def- I mean, it's structured in a very different way. I mean, you know, you'll go to all agency meetings and the creative directors from other agencies won't even be there. 
you know, because they've sent somebody else to kind of deliver the work with a man down, you know, don't come back without that idea sold. And I, but I just think that is changing so quickly because, right. you know, moving on to the academy when we left Engine, because, you know, it, it wasn't... Um, it wasn't really realising that ambition. We thought, actually, if we come out you know, and start again, um, how would we build it in a different sure. way? I mean, I, sh- I should add at this point, since then, Mischief's gone on to, oh, to, Miss- to, Mischief's to do great agency. Great agency. Things, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it's absolutely um, brilliant agency. And I, and I, and I hear I, that they're, you know, working very well within the group. So, you know, perhaps that uh, strategic move that was made when, when, we, when we sold the business to Engine, you know, they'll be the one that might go forward and make that work across that group. Yeah. You know, and I hope so, because I'm very, obviously very fond of that place and, you know, put a massive chunk of my life into it. Um, so wish them the best. But the Academy, I think, we came out, we set up, we wanted to do something slightly different. Um, and and the, the area that we thought was slightly different was, can you do strategic thinking um, and can you do creativity? There aren't many agencies that can do both if you think about it. Um, we definitely can do that. Uh, we set up, the academy is called the academy because we want a high standard of work. We want great brains to come in to the academy. But really, you know, the, the logo if, or the symbol, if you like, is two two sides of the brain, strategic and creative. You know, if we can bring those worlds together, I think, uh, which, which we are doing, um, suddenly the, you're reframed as not a fluffy PR agency at all. Uh, you're reframed as an agency that actually a CEO or a CMO um, can see the value of what your um, ideas can do for their business. Uh, and we, the funny thing about it is you can't, you don't necessarily, you know, the work gets much bigger um, and more impactful and can work across many more disciplines doesn't actually get more creative it just gets bigger you know the great thing is you don't need to change your ideas you just need to change the framework in which you're um explaining your ideas and and uh presenting them to a client so they can start to see the impact of you know if you did it for more than you know a campaign but actually for a year yeah the impact that you'd have um so, so that's you, you, you you've you've been doing the hard work for many years but it, it but the, it hadn't been activated across enough channels or, or whatever else. Absolutely. I mean, I was constantly frustrated at mischief. You know, I mean, I remember going to award uh, nights and we, we would win lots of awards. And, you know, Mitch and I are kind of, you know, we're, we're very, very different, but we're similar as well. Um, it'd almost be the worst night of the year because we'd win awards and we'd just go, oh, God, you know what? Like, that's great, but that work that's just won awards could have been so much bigger right. and more impactful not better for the but bigger uh, well I think if biggie's you, best you know well you, like, I just meant the, the, you liked the reason for your frustration was presumably because you, you thought the creative concept was really good mm. but it could have been activated across yeah different and different. I'd just turn around to him and say you know you didn't sell it big <laughs> enough <laughs> you know right. so, okay. and they'll say well you never came up with it quick enough you know we still have those debates today but um but it's it's in, so the to to, to summarise in a sense it's gone from uh, a, a, a media headline type creativity mm. to a, a deeper 
um, hopefully more impactful on the business type uh, creativity. Um, Absolutely. Which has, in many regards, the, the idea has been very similar, which mm. is why your argument would be that PR is in such a good place, mm. but... Uh, the, the gloves of potential are off, if you like. Um, Absolutely, and that's not not particularly an academy point. That's the a consumer PR in general um, perspective. Um, uh, I think so, but I don't think there are many agencies that are consumer agencies that are really kind of fulfilling. Okay. Against it, you know. I mean, obviously, I'm, you know, got. Um, you know, we talked briefly before this about kind of like the creative director set and all all that kind of stuff and you know I'm very fond of all those guys but I don't think any of us have really broken through um, to fulfil the ambition you know no. I mean I know that's why I go to work every day is to is and you include not, yourself in that you're oh, not, completely yeah, yeah. yeah I think we're set up in such a way that you know it's um, I mean the obvious question is why we know where we're going is 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 uh, why why is that I think I think just um, I think because it's very difficult to turn things down, actually. I think you get into a cycle of pitching, delivering, pitching, delivering. You know, you kind of want to take everything. You don't... Everything is a creative opportunity, no matter what the budget. Um, People are uh, obsessed with winning awards. um, And you have to do a certain type of work, I think, to win awards. Um, You know, and that sometimes is not the right work for the right client in my opinion uh, and I just think you get on this treadmill of doing it and then people kind of go well you know I've done this agency now for five years I've got it to so much size really maybe it's time to sell it because I'm knackered and <laughs> you know there's there's lots of people that kind of get into that treadmill and I think we being independent again we know that treadmill so we don't want to get on it you know so we we've actually got I think less clients than our competitors but they pay probably more like we're on you know we 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 aren't we aren't cheap that's for sure but we're not the most expensive um you know we're good value uh and we're thinking longer i think we're thinking we're long, longer term you know we we've and and over a period of time you hope that that gives you the capacity and creative freedom to to have that that bigger campaign in essence. I, I just think it's much easier for me to have and Mitch to have conversations with very important people at the top of the client organisation if we know that the work actually works. Yeah. You know, if I if I'm kind of putting coverage in front of somebody, it's like they don't care about that really. Like they want yeah. to know what the impact of the work is. And the game's changed a bit with that in the last few years, hasn't it? People, mm-hmm. you know, the buyers are if they ever were impressed by some nice headlines and I still think it it has a you know it's a yeah, it's a nice thing to see mm. but it's it's only level 1 of of your KPI if you like yeah um, completely yeah i mean the quickest way to have an impact i still feel with through news i mean you know I... the means to an end rather than it's the... a mean it's a means to an end you know i i think you know we 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 say no to a lot we we say certainly a no to a lot of new business um and I think that's a good thing. Um, we also say, you know, I say no to a lot of ideas, which, um, you know, is my job, basically, to do that. That's, that's interesting, actually. How how many ideas... I mean, I'm not suggesting this is, is standardised in any mm. way, but is there an average? So how many... If you get a new brief come in, how many ideas do you come up with before you go, yeah, let's go with that? 
Uh, well, there's different different ways of the, you know techniques of kind of generating ideas, trying to get the agency, um, everybody in the agency involved because it's creative agency, not not just individuals. Um, I don't know. Sometimes we'll give them a grid to fill out of a hundred ideas. Um, you know, sometimes we'll say, you know, there's this thought. Unpack this thought into a campaign. Um, and and so you come up with that that nugget. And then they go off and normally, um, I, normally I'd say yes because I think actually you know, and I was talking to um, some some other kind of creative directors uh, the other night, and strategically, I think creative directors are, are probably coming up with less ideas, but actually moving into kind of creative strategists, right. um, which is interesting because who are the people that are coming up with those organising ideas? I still think the organised idea is not common within consumer PR agencies um, so I think there's only a handful of agencies that think that way that enables you to get to the right type of creative work so what did you uh, that they don't organize their idea well, creation. Like, you know for, you for, for example um, you know Morrison's is a client and Morrison's organized an idea is around food makers and shopkeepers right right so everything has to show that they make food and right. they're great so, shopkeepers. So you, so, but you need to set that yeah. anchor, if you like, yeah. before you can... Uh, and from and, 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 and if that anchor hasn't been set for, what, for whatever reason, you're in, it, you're, it doesn't work so well. well. I'll give you an example. And, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of knocking other people's work, but, you know, in this case, I will. Um, so Morrison's Food Makes a Shopkeeper is very clear. You'll get a Tesco who will do things like you know, dating in the aisles of Tesco. And I kind of look at that and go, well, what's that got to do with anything, like, really, of Tesco's business? Unless they're watching a dating app, which I, I don't know if yeah, they are. But. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like, they're, for me, you know, I, I'm really at the stage of my career where uh, I get really excited about being able to kind of see the idea behind the idea, um, you know, which would be the strategic bit. And then... Um, you know, the creative executions against it, you know, obviously that's what the public sees, so they're really, really important. But they kind of have to say something. Um, I, you know, Tesco, I think, now have really realised that and become very um, tight about what they want to communicate and what they want to be famous for. Um, you know, but Morrison's, you, you've, like, had, you know, nine consecutive quarters of growth in a turnaround, have only achieved that with the discipline of saying food makers and shopkeepers. My job for all my clients is to be very disciplined on their behalf because right. it's easy to come up with ideas. Um, you know, it's really not easy to be disciplined to say, actually, that's not the right idea or, yeah, that's and, the right And idea. it's still got to fly. Yeah. And it's still got to work, yeah. you know. And, and, you know, we still work uh, whilst we do a lot of paid work and a lot of own work. You know, the majority of what we get a buzz from is still the earned so, you know, you still need to earn exposure. To, be, um, to make everything else fly because it's a, ab- a virtuous ab- absolutely. circle. I was going to ask you, I mean, you're, you're clearly biased in this, but is creativity always appropriate for a business, do you think? Um, well, definitely, because, you know, for me, creativity is just ideas, you know, and, and actually... But, but, but is, you know, in the world of, I don't know, this 
of if you're doing an advert to sell so sell something or or in the world of corporate pr it, it's, sometimes you see good work in those areas which isn't particularly creative it's just good work um but I, mean, I just wonder what you thought of that type of stuff. It depends what, what your cre- definition of creativity is. I mean, my, my definition is just problem solving. So a corporate right. agency will solve many problems for their clients through comms. Uh, an advertising agency will solve problems, and one of them might be a sales problem. Um, you know, and, we, and we certainly are, are problem solvers. I mean, we don't have any clients that don't come to us that don't need something. You know, that yeah. everybody needs something, um, and that's the skills that we can give them. Um, you know, and I always kind of say to, you know, our, our, our people that an e- writing an email is a creative act because at the end of the day, you want to get something from that email. So you need to be thinking it through in the same level of creativity as in coming up with a campaign idea, um, you know, and the job, which is a really frustrating job, but, you know, brilliant job is like every day there are problems to solve. Sure. You know, and we, we aim for perfection. And this, I think, is probably where I need to get better. Um, you know, in, as in in my job, is we aim for perfection, knowing we're not going to get to perfection, but we need to aim there. Um, you know, so one thing I'm really bad at, and I'm aware of it, is not saying "well done" to people. You know, if things as often as I should. You know, and 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 people. But, but that's not because you forgot; it's because they didn't quite get to perfection. Uh, probably <laughs> because you know, kind of. I'm at a point in my career. It's like that we're four years into the academy now. All right, we've kind of had a merger for the last two years, so that's been an experience. Um, but we're a startup still. All right, right. we might have four million quid income or whatever, but we're a startup. So what are we going to do with that? You know, because we we haven't achieved um, what we want to achieve yet, and. You know that, but we want to achieve it really quickly. And what that means is sitting at the top table, having genuine impact with our ideas across every medium you could possibly imagine. Um, you know, and and being famous for it. And you know, we're we're definitely not there. I think we're set up in a structure that we can get close to that, but we need to keep constantly aiming for that perfection. Okay. Which you know, I find incredibly motivating. Um, you know, I probably stroke annoying. You know, it's, it's well, teasing, isn't it? It's um, yeah. because I mean, you, are, you go define perfection, I guess. But yeah, mm. I, I can see where you're going with it. Yeah. Just, but I've always been like that. Yeah, you know, like in anything well, it's, I've done, it's driven you, it's isn't like, it? It's, uh, yeah, um, you know, and it's. Um, I mean, agencies are made of their founders, and Mitch is like that as well. Um, you know, I, I think we can. Uh, it, the skill is how to bring people on that journey and actually share your same values. Yeah. Um, and that goes back to my point about a criticism of the industry or people coming into the industry would be, you know, where is the ambition? I mean, you know, there have been some great PR people in the past who wanted to make a name for themselves, you know, by, through the work that they did. Um, where are those people now, really? Well, maybe I'm looking at one, Dan. I don't know. Well, but maybe. You know, I mean, I, I don't, don't want to. Yeah. But you're, it's well. always hindsight is always the problem with that stuff, isn't it? Because you, mm. yeah, I hear that a fair bit. Where are the characters of the uh, of, of, of 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 yesteryear? But actually, we they may be here, but you it takes a little while to become a character, and by definition, they're going to be different characters. They're not going to be, you know, uh, thought mm. of in smoke filled pubs drinking a pint. Well, maybe, maybe it's maybe but, it's not uh, the so much the individuals, but it's kind of like. Where if you th- if you look at all of you know if you, if you look at the work that's written about um, 
you know, and lauded as great PR campaigns, a lot of them are like, they haven't come from PR people. And it's uh, like, well, that's, yeah. why have they not come yeah, from that's, PR people? Uh, yeah, it's true. That, that you know, is like annoying. The, the that, opportunity yeah. is the same. So why yeah. have it, Why has that not come from PR people? And it's your your presumed point would be one of ambition and, yeah. and clear thinking. And, and not having the confidence to have the right conversations with the right people at the client side. Yeah. And, you know, not deeply thinking about how you're structuring you know, not 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 putting together the rationale of why, you know, your creative idea is is the best one on the table, basically. Sure. But I guess I mean, we, I just want to ask you your top three campaigns before mm. we finish. But so just, but I guess possibly the reason for that is back to what you're saying a minute ago that the an agency, whatever other type of agency, is able to focus more on a specific client, the specific piece of work, whereas the PR agency, because it's an advantage to an extent, but on that pure creative play, maybe it's a disadvantage because they're trying to do more things with as many or fewer people, if you like. Um, maybe. Because they've got more clients and they've got more campaigns going on, whereas they're not solely focused on that piece of creative. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I do think that, um, you know, I, I, I will say to the teams, you know, like our job really is about coming up with an organising thought, coming up with an idea, and then coming up with the assets that kind of demonstrate that idea. Where those assets end up, we've got specialists who can connect them all over the place and that. You know, but it's no, it's no more complicated than that. Mm. If you're talking to a client and you give client time and confidence and reassurance that whatever you're coming up with will work and, and this is actually what it will deliver, then those ideas can get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, if you don't build it in that way, and have the confidence behind it, a client is not going to give you their money. No. Or not going to yeah. give you a lot of money. Yeah. Which is why you see, um, you know, a lot of kind of campaigns that are, you know, low-budget campaigns, um, because clients have got no confidence in the discipline. I mean, if they, if they had uh, more confidence in what PR could do, um, then they would give it bigger budgets. And I think, like, we are as an agency in, in a place where clients are more comfortable and confident about what the work we can do and therefore we're, we're on the journey of making that work bigger. But it, a bit of that is coming back, is linking the work back to those business KPI stroke objectives Absolutely, yeah. that, that mean that actually, yeah, you've solved that problem, I'm mm. going to give you more money mm. um, or more budget next time around. Yeah. Just quickly, um, go on, what are your, what are your top three creative campaigns that you've worked on in your career? Um, top three campaigns. Uh, I think one one campaign which was part of a much bigger thought, Early Mischief. To, so, like, when was it? Um, maybe 2009. Uh, we did a piece of work called Heathrow, the book. Uh, and I was heavily into making books at that point to the fact that we became a publisher as well. Um, but that idea, we basically had uh, Alain de Botton, uh, the philosopher, sitting in Heathrow for a week, writing a book about his experience of a week at the airport, which went on to, you know, win lots of awards and, um, you know, get turned into lots of different things, and met very interesting people through that project. But that came from the fact that Heathrow, not particularly well-liked, Mm. airport at the time it was you know we picked it up after the um opening of terminal five which 
didn't go, didn't so, go well. so well. No. Um, journalist very critical. Um, passenger satisfaction not where it could have been. Um, so we said, okay, well, we don't think you're going to win the media over just by putting out stories. Um, so actually, let's create our own media platforms. Um, we had a very clever guy who used to work for us, Will, um, who basically set up their social media presence um, as customer service channels. Um, and my brain went to, right, what other medium could we use to control our own story or to tell our own story? I went to a book. We found Alan, um, who was interested in the subject of it. And it's a great piece of writing that basically explains how the airport works. So if your luggage is 20 minutes late, you kind of understand why it's 20 minutes late. <laughs> we, we were not trying to get people to like the airport. We were get people to try to understand how it worked. Um, we um, gave away, you know, tens of thousands of copies for free to passengers. Um, and, you know, the book, you can still buy it now. Um basically started to tell the story of Heathrow and set off a whole strategy of Heathrow taking control of their own narrative, creating their own platform to tell their own story, you know, which worked, like, because customers, uh, pa- uh, passengers could understand the airport a bit more. That that piece of work, um, you know, I love that piece of work from start to finish. Very, very hard dealing with, you know, literary agents and... And, and basically just doing any work at Heathrow was, was difficult because of logistics as well. Um, but one, you know, every award you could possibly think of and, uh, you know, and, and uh, still something I'm very proud of today. Uh, another one that I wrote about, because I've started to do this blog where, I, where I'm talking about the anatomy of ideas, where ideas came from, how they brought um, to life, um, was, was one that we did for Budweiser, which is football on Facebook, Um and that was Budweiser got the rights to the FA Cup. Um, again, the media didn't particularly like a US lager brand. What were they doing involved with the FA Cup? Um, you know, we kind of came up with the other agencies of a strategic positioning that Budweiser would use their scale as a global brand to take the magic of the FA Cup to a global audience, um, which I thought was a great strategic thought. Um, and then it was about, right, how do we demonstrate that? So we got the we, we we I can't remember exactly where the idea came from or how, but anyway I found out that the very first kick of uh, the FA Cup was like the you know extra preliminary round you know way 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 before first round proper, and um, nobody had the broadcast rights for it because why would you? It's like mm. one man and a dog watching a game of football. Um, and so we, we said to uh, Budweiser, you know, we'd like to broadcast this through Facebook. This was like way back when as well. So, you know, it was before anybody did anything like that on Facebook. Um, and we said, you know, this, this, this would demonstrate that you're taking, you know, the magic of the FA Cup to a global audience. And they just said, we haven't really asked you to do this job. You know, this is not a brief Um you know, and we've got our proper FA Cup campaign coming that we need you to work on. So, you know, we don't really want to do it. Anyway, Mitch, to his credit, picked up the phone, convinced the client to do it. And the client said, you know, if you basically if you muck it up, you know, you're out kind of thing, <laughs> which was actually great because it's like you, as a PR person, you have to be accountable for your work. You can't just, you know, you have to have that confidence. Yeah. Anyway, we ended up kind of putting on the whole broadcast 
outside broadcast. We didn't know what we were doing, but we kind of figured it out. And I think we, we, we basically broadcast Ascot United versus Wembley FC to 50 different countries through the Budweiser Facebook pages um, to a global audience of hundreds of thousands, although the press release said, you know, millions and millions. Um, and it kind of demonstrated, and, and the sceptical football journalists suddenly a week later were kind of going, well, actually, Budweiser might be onto something because the FA Cup does need a bit of its magic brought back. And, you know, global market being interested in the FA Cup, what's what's the problem with that? And I wouldn't say it totally changed um, opinion just in that one campaign, but it certainly set the brand in the right direction. Yeah. Um, and I love that campaign just for the sheer tenacity of the team to make that idea happen. You know, doing things that we'd never done before, um, you, you know, and getting an incredible result for, from that. Sure. And then I think finally, you know, relatively recent campaign that we did for the academy, at the academy, um, Disney uh, is is a, is a client that we do lots of work for, and a fantastic client. Because obviously, it's Disney and it's huge, um, and and they came to us with a kind of reputational job, and we're getting many more of these briefs, you know, about what it, does a brand stand for rather than just activate a brand campaign. And they came to us with Disney Princess, which is you know one of the world's biggest franchises, um, girls franchises, or, or and boys franchises. Um, and said, you know, like, the perception of Disney Princess is this. What can we do to help change the perception? Because Disney Princess is a very powerful um, franchise and we want to be using it, you know, to, to, to be relevant to a modern audience but to inspire a modern audience. Um, you know, and I've got a seven-year-old girl and a ten-year-old boy who also likes Disney Princess. Um, and basically we we came up with the idea that we would actually write the principles of what it means to be a Disney princess, which on paper doesn't sound like the greatest creative idea you're ever going to come up with. But it was so powerful, I thought, because we basically as a big brand said, actually, this is what it means to be a Disney princess. We created a whole load of posters um, with um, young artists and, you know, the great thing about that campaign is I know that those posters that we created are on people, uh, on kids' bedroom walls, you know, and they'll be looking at that, um, you know, as they grow up, kind of seeing the principles of what it actually means to be a princess. There's not a tiara or prince or anything like that in sight. It's all about virtues of being strong, be courageous, follow your dreams, all things like that. You know, and I just think that using the power of a brand for... Um, you know, to inspire an audience, yeah. you know, that is like the great thing of the job. You know, every brand you can find, you can find an angle to do good with, sure. you know, and I mean... And it's like a lot of creativity, good. when you look at it in hindsight, you don't think, oh, well, I'm blown away by that mm. piece of creativity. But the nugget of that idea at the time, at the moment... W- w- was right do you know what I mean and it's it's kind of it, absolutely it's, a, it's an irritating thing to sort of assess creativity I think in many not not this campaign mm. at all but because you, th- you think oh well you know I could have thought of that but the, the reality is I, I couldn't and I didn't do you know mm. what I mean it's kind of a um, there's quite often I think that when I see well, campaigns I, th- I think there's a lot of that though I mean you know that a lot of people kind of say oh you know I had that idea or I did this or, or you know oh, I thought about that and the client wouldn't let me do it and it's like well a good idea is not a good idea unless it actually happens. Right. You know, so take all your pitch documents or all your plans, 
and just burn them. Because if your idea doesn't become realised, it's not an idea. You know, it, it's it's wallpaper. Like it's it's sitting in a PowerPoint document or whatever. Um, so you know, really good creatives and good agencies need to produce good work, and yeah. they need output. The job is not kind of uh, filling in spreadsheets and making documents. The job is doing work that works, uh, and and I like that about our people is, you know, they all want to come in and do work. And they will talk to their mates in other agencies or whatever, and their mates will say, oh, yeah, we had that idea too. And it's like, well, you didn't do it though, did you? So, like, you only get rewarded if you do the work, you know, and, and, and people will only see it if you do it. So my advice to anybody kind of, you know, who's, who's made it this far in terms of listening is, <laughs> you know, you are your portfolio of work. So just make sure that you're at an agency that enables you to do work. Sure. I thought we were going to go on to agencies charging for creative ideas for a moment there. But anyway, that's, that's yeah. probably a whole new, whole yeah. new podcast. Yeah. Dan, we've run out of time, but thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Phil. Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast, produced in association with the Marketeers Network. If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.